3: And good morning everybody, it's a penny for your thoughts, and we're glad you're with us here at 9.06 on this Wednesday in the middle of the week in early August, August the 3rd. Chance of a thunderstorm today at a high of 90, so we're back into the hot and humid, which is fine, here it is August, that's okay. And so that's where we stand weather-wise. Got a lot to get to today on a busy Penny for Your Thoughts. Adam Austin is our producer today. We've, uh, of course, a big local story had to do with um, some threats from uh, multiple, I don't know, was it hundreds or thousands of emails sent uh, to uh, Mayor Deb Finan, uh, Mayor Diane Marlin, and so forth. And eventually um, those threats Got really serious. They were always kind of there. And uh, Deb Finan was on earlier this morning, the Mayor of Champaign, talking with Dave Gentry and C.W. Greer about it. And we've got a couple of clips of that. We'll play those for you coming up here in just a little bit in case you missed that and what she had to say about it. There's a front-page story, of course, in the Gazette. story broke uh, yesterday during our show. So we'll talk about that a little bit here in the first half hour. Also, uh, Vin Scully passed away. And for those of us in the broadcast business, there there are a lot of great broadcasters. Okay, I mean, you, you can – Al Michaels, Bob Costas, Jack Buck, Harry Carey. You, know, you could go on and on and on. Jack Brickhouse. Uh, but for those of us in the business, I think everybody, if you had to rank, and it's hard to rank, but if you had to rank who's number one or the GOAT, the greatest of all time, it would be Vin Scully. I don't – there's not much disagreement about that even among uh, broadcasters themselves. And Vin Scully passed away uh, last night. I think he was 94 years old. So many great calls. Uh, Baseball, of course, football. He could do anything. And I was uh, blessed and fortunate uh, in my days, uh, two years with the Angels in California when I broadcast their games, to meet Vince Scully. And I just remember, I've got a picture of it, of our uh, meeting, first meeting, And it's just a very special picture for me because he was just, I mean, he didn't know me from Adam. You know, here's this new 33 or whatever I was kid shows up, you know, in the big leagues for the first time. And this is the Vin Scully. And, you know, he was so polite and so kind and taking notes on everything I was telling him about the Angels. And I'm thinking, I better get this right because Vin Scully might use it and I don't want to let him down. And uh, he was just so polite and kind and a professional and just could weave a story, in baseball particularly, like none other. And, of course, started, I think, in Brooklyn with the Brooklyn Dodgers, moved to L.A. with them, did their games for decades, and uh, passed away last night. And so uh, we'll remember some of the great calls of Vin Scully over the years. And there have been some classic ones. So we'll get into that as well. Later this hour... Uh, about a month ago, I think we on July 11, we had uh, Champaign County Clerk Aaron Ammons on talking about the primary, and during the course of the show that day, there was a listener who had texted in and said, hey, uh, State Senator Chapin Rose contends that there was cheating going on when it came to some of the results from the Muhammad election, and of course there was a big referendum out there for schools that failed. Chapin had called in then about three days later and said, Hey, I never said there was cheating going on. We just had constituent concerns about a couple of things that happened in Muhammad in regards to that race or tabulating of votes or whatever the case may be. And, of course, it turned out it lost by a wide margin anyway, but it was more just procedural questions, software issues and so forth. And then he'd also mentioned something about uh, Aaron Ammons and his pardon that he got from Governor Quinn a few years ago. So anyway, Aaron wanted to respond to those, so in the second half hour for a few minutes, we'll have the clips of what Chapin said, because frankly, I didn't remember exactly what was said. There's so many shows, they tend to run together. Uh, Went back and we have pulled some, and then we'll have Aaron respond to those. And so we'll do that for a little bit. Then we got some folks in from uh, Unity for Ukraine. There's an event coming up in Meadowbrook Church in Champaign coming up this weekend in regards to support for Ukraine, so we'll do that for a few minutes. And then we'll have some more open line time as well up until 11 o'clock. Chris Kester from the City of Champaign Public Works joins me tomorrow at 10. Jim Dye will have two full hours of open line. Jim Dye will sit in with me in the second hour on Friday, and then we're into the weekend. So that's what's on the docket today. We'll talk uh, here, what, in case you missed it, what Deb Finan said about the threats against her. A uh, man has been arrested, is in custody in, in regards to all of that. So we'll talk about that first, and then remember, remember uh, Vin Scully, and then get in with Aaron Ammons and uh, Chapin Rose discussion, and then uh, Unity for Ukraine, and then open line. So that's what's ahead. Nine twelve on a penny for your thoughts.
0: Nine
4: fifteen.
3: On a Penny for your Thoughts, MX Electric. Give them a call if you have some electrical work to do. 217-359-7293. Our man Max is there. He's heavily involved in the community as well. But his team will do a great job for you. And they can uh, fix, repair, install anything. Anything electrical. Big, small, in between. Uh, It's a little light switch that's not working right. They can fix that. If you've got a TV you need installed, you're not quite sure how to do that, he can help with that. Installing a doorbell, if you need a, I mean, you name it, he can do it. He and his team will do it. And they do big projects, too, of course. Maybe a generator, putting in a pool, or outdoor lighting, or whatever. You know, don't be like, uh, what's his name, Clark Griswold, and, you know, have everything plugged into one outlet. Let's get it grounded a little better than that. Okay? Things like that. So, MX Electric, 217-359-7293 is the number to call for MX Electric. Big story in the News Gazette, of course, having to do with threats that were made uh, via email. And I guess the police and the state's attorney and a lot of folks uh, worked a lot of hours. Savoy man jailed for alleged threats to uh, Champaign Mayor. Mary Schink has that story today. Uh, Savoy man who police sent, uh, said sent threatening emails to Champaign Mayor Deb Finan, is in the Champaign County Jail. Class uh, X felony charge. Michael Miller a paddock drive being held in lieu of $1 million bond after being charged on Monday, making a terroristic threat. He was arraigned on Tuesday. Champaign police report said detectives began investigating hundreds if not thousands of emails that Finan had received over many months, several of which were threatening in nature but not directed at her personally. And then eventually a reference was made to mass shooting potentially in Campus Town. They found three ghost gun kits as well. And so uh, Michael Miller uh, was at his arraignment yesterday in front of uh, Judge Anna Benjamin yesterday. So anyway, uh, Deb Finan, as it turned out, was a guest uh, this morning with Dave Gentry and uh, C.W. Greer. And, of course, uh, that was uh, topic A. And uh, here's what Deb had to say about the threats and what was involved in all of that. So here's uh, Mayor Finan on the threat.
5: I think I can mostly just tell you what what has already been in the paper, okay. which is that there was someone who was sending me a, a significant number of emails. Um, had sent them to Mayor Marlin. Um, sometimes sent them to both of us. Sometimes sent them to <laughs> us individually. Um, and uh, you know, generally, it, at least for a while, it was. Nonsensical kinds of things, but mm-hmm. uh, last over well, particularly last week, um, the uh, the emails became very threatening, and so I turned that over to Champaign Police immediately and they took decisive action i really want to thank um chief tyler and there were several champagne police officers who really worked hard to trace the ip address and to figure out what was going on and to get a you know a search warrant the state's attorney's office was involved they did a tremendous job everybody took it seriously and thank goodness they did because Um, You know, they did find uh, the ghost guns at his house, the kits for the ghost guns. So, um, you know, I am so glad that our law enforcement um, took it seriously and that our state's attorney's office did as well.
3: Now, most of the emails, according to Mary Schenck, were uh, signed by Lauren Miller, a known alias used by Miller. According to the police report, Judge Anna Benjamin advised Miller that if convicted of the charge, he would face six to 30 years in prison. And his his request, Benjamin appointed a a public defender to represent Miller and told him to return to court August 9th. So that's the the next step in the story. Now, uh, Mayor Finan went on to talk about uh, that she was at a conference of mayors here recently and um, mentioned uh, to uh, Dave and CW this morning that threats – Such as this have become more common, especially uh, starting in the pandemic. Of course, you had a lot of different uh, rules handed down, uh, restrictions. um, You know, um, couldn't go into restaurants, had to wear masks, all the different things. And then, of course, you got the whole issue with school boards and what's being taught in school. And she talked about threats against public officials have increased in the last couple of years. Here's that.
5: It's been interesting. I'm involved in a couple of mayor's groups. There's a, a woman mayor's alliance and there's, you know, Bloomberg mayors and U.S. Conference of Mayors. And there have been a, um, several studies that have been done, um, you know, the amount of. Threats against, you know, mayors and city council members and particularly school board members during the pandemic was increasing exponentially. Hmm. Um, There are um, there's a lot of misogynistic stuff out there and there's a lot of race based stuff out there. So women and particularly black women were the subject of a lot of it, Um, Hmm. you know, and it. I, it has a real chilling effect. There have been a lot of mayors who have chosen not to run for reelection, um, you know, school board members who you know <laughs> they don't even get paid well, right? yeah. <laughs> who have just walked away from you know their jobs. and uh, you know i it's really an unfortunate thing that is going on in our country. I am lucky to live in a a really great community. I mean, I will tell you in 2020 when these, you know, kind of either bot accounts or people from outside of our area started attacking me, I would immediately see people from Champaign Urbana get on and say, nope, she's awesome. This is right. We, you know, go away. We don't know who you are, (laughs) you know, when it was on social media. And I'm really appreciative of our community and I'm really appreciative. Of Champagne Police for, you know, taking it seriously and you know keeping us off.
3: Yeah, sounds like they did a great job looking into that. So yeah, that's that's pretty scary. I mean, you know, I think anybody in political office or anybody that holds a position, they understand that you're going to get criticized. I mean, I think that's that comes with it. But I mean, this is way beyond the way beyond the line of decency. I mean, this is just flat out scary. So. Anyway, that story in the in the News Gazette, and it uh, sounds like, uh, again, the police and state's attorney's office and all the folks did a great job uh, rounding everything up they needed to and making an arrest, and we'll see where it goes from here on that. All right, 922 at DWS on a, a penny for your thoughts. Uh, let's see here. Hi, Brian. My father was a sports broadcaster during the Scully years. My dad was really impressed by Vin Scully's ability to announce – Baseball games by himself. Yeah, solo. Yeah, Vin was Vin was the best. In fact, uh, up until recent years, when Vin was still doing the games, uh, for a lot of years, they would just simulcast on TV. They didn't have a separate TV broadcast. They just had Vin call the game on the radio, and that's what you saw on TV. People wanted to hear Vin Scully, particularly in Los Angeles. so And around the country. He called football. He called the... The famous catch, the uh, Joe Montana-Dwight Clark catch, NFC Championship game that year against the Cowboys, and so many remarkable moments. We'll, We'll look back at some of them here coming up after the break. Let me get a break in. We'll continue with more, a little back and forth between what Chapin Rose said about the clerk's office and Aaron Ammons himself, and then unity for Ukraine, an open lineup until 11 after that, and a busy rest of the week ahead, too. On a penny for your thoughts. Glad to be with you. All right, nine twenty six on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk fourteen hundred ninety three nine FM. All right, the great Vin Scully passed away last night, and uh, what a gentleman he was! What a great broadcaster he was! And as I mentioned off the top, for those of us in the broadcast profession, I don't think you get much disagreement that a lot of great broadcasters, but I think he's the greatest of all time. That uh, he was just uh, frankly amazing. Want to go back in time, the Wayback Machine, Vin Scully, and uh, calling the Don Larson perfect game back in the uh, World Series. Here is Vin Scully with that.
2: Biggest ring. And so hats off to Don Larson. No runs, no hits, no errors, no walks, no base runners. The final score the Yankees, two runs, five hits, and no errors. The Dodgers, no runs, no hits, no errors. In fact, nothing at all.
3: All right, that was the 1956 World Series. So Vin is fairly young back then. We jump ahead. April 8, 1974, Henry Aaron trying to break Babe Ruth's uh, what they thought was unbreakable record in Atlanta, again against the Dodgers, and here is Vin Scully.
2: Once again, a standing ovation for Henry Aaron. Though the confrontation for the second time, Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. So we'll see what Downing does. Dall at the belt delivers, and he's low. Ball one. And that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional and pitch his game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, threw her arms around his neck, Kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand. And that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air. And for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after nine in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. You could not, I guess, get two more opposite men. The Babe, big and garrulous and oh so sociable. And oh, so immense in all of his appetites. And then the quiet lad out of Mobile, Alabama. Slender and stayed slender throughout his career. Ruth, as he put on the poundage and the paunch, the Yankees put their ballplayers in pinstripe uniforms because it made Ruth look slimmer. But they didn't need pinstripe uniforms for Henry Aaron in the twilight of his career. He looked almost the same as he did when he first came up 20 years ago. And so it was a memorable moment before the game, and now what a sweet moment it is here in the middle of the game. So Henry and the Babe, the two greatest home run hitters that have ever lived. And it's a marvelous, wonderful
3: enjoyable moment here in Atlanta. It's it's like poetry, isn't it? He was really good at that. All right, a couple quick more, and then we'll get to the news. Jump ahead, October 25, 1986. Mentioned Bill Buckner in there. Buckner was part of another great call. Red Sox trying to break the curse of Babe Ruth, curse of the Bambino, trying to beat the Mets in Game 6. They're a strike away from winning the World Series. Wild Pitch ties the game. Winning run at second base. Mookie Wilson at the plate at Shea Stadium. And here's Vin on that one
2: at second base with two out three and two to Mookie Wilson little roller up along first behind the bag it gets through Buckner here comes Knight and the Mets win it if one picture is worth a thousand words you have seen about a million words but more than that seen an absolutely bizarre finish to game six of the 1986 World Series. The Mets are not only alive, they are well, and they will play the Red Sox in game seven tomorrow.
3: And the Mets went on to win that series in seven. Final Vin Scully moment, one of my favorites. 1988 World Series. Kirk Gibson comes off the bench to win it for the Dodgers against Dennis Eckersley, and here you go. For the game rest in peace. So glad I got to meet him. Rest in peace, Vin Scully. All right, those are some of the great moments. CBS News ahead, and we'll get Aaron Ammons on the line. We'll talk. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts. 9.38 here this morning, and we're headed for a high of 90. Chance of thunderstorms this afternoon. 217 356 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk, at WDWS.com. Champaign County Clerk, of course, is Aaron Ammons. We had Aaron on back, uh, what, July 11, uh, talking about the primary election. And then uh, July 14, we had a call from uh, Chapin Rose. And during the course of the July 11 show with Aaron, there was a listener that said, hey, uh, Chapin Rose indicated he thought there was cheating going on in the election in the primary. And uh, you know, and and then Chafin called a few days later, and he said, "Hey, I never. I'm not saying there was any cheating going on. I was just saying there were concerns from my constituents uh, regarding the delays in voting and different things." And so, um, Aaron Ammons said, "Hey, can I can I talk about some of this?" And so we've got him on the line here. How you doing, Aaron?
0: I'm doing well, Brian. How are hey, you?
3: Hey, good to have you on. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, well, first thing, uh, first topic that I know you wanted to talk about was uh, there's always the talk about the political pardon, the pardon um, that you got that allowed you to get, you know, kind of back into government work and so forth. Um, here's what Chapin had to say about that, and then you can you can talk about it, okay? So here we go. Sure, no problem. All right. Go ahead, uh, Adam.
1: He did get a pardon without even filling out the pardon paperwork, okay? The pardon was granted before, and then he was told, go fill out the application, which is kind of amazing, all right? Other people standing in line trying to get a pardon went through the normal process, but he did not go through the normal process. And then once it was determined it was going to be granted, they said, oh, but you better go fill out this paperwork. Hmm. I think that's just ridiculous. And I think it's ridiculous for all the other people who had similar situations and were trying to go through the normal process to, to get a pardon.
3: All right, sir, there you go. There's number one.
0: <laughs> all right, so uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for, for having me on, because I want to just clarify a couple of things. And one thing that's pretty obvious from the beginning is that uh, Senator Rose has no idea what happened in my pardon process, and I know people like to uh, term it some sort of political pardon and all that type of stuff. But this is what I I want to, to say to your listeners and to people out there who may have been in a similar situation with me. Um, The caller says that uh, after, before Chapin responded, there was a caller who said that everything I do as clerk must be questioned. Everything I'm involved with is marred by what he called a lack of integrity because of my past. And then Chapin ran down that road with him. So look, Brian, many people know that I struggled with addiction and I went through the criminal legal system. Uh, I have been transparent with the voters of Champaign County about this from from the very beginning. I struggled with addiction. I was reformed, went through the process to clean myself up, and I have made a life for myself. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I have served as president of my union. I have served six years on the State University Retirement System uh, Board uh, as a trustee of a $20 billion pension fund. I have committed my life to public service through, as an elected official, as an alderman, and now as, an, uh, as the county clerk. And I want to make sure that we clarify something further about this pardon. The pardon allowed me to serve as a city council member, but you're not required. You can have a felony conviction and serve as a countywide elected official. There's nothing that bars you from serving in that capacity if you have a felony conviction for countywide office. So I just want to make sure that we're clear that that is not um, a reason why I'm the, the county clerk. So, what the real message that I want to send to folks is that I want, I want mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, you know, I want their friends and family out there to know that a person in your life who struggles with addiction, there's hope for them. That's why the News Gazette did the article "Window of Hope" on uh, on my life and on my turnaround in my life and the positive and the work that I'm doing now, because we know how important it is to make sure people out there. Uh, that they know that they can beat their struggle, they can build a great life for themselves, and I'm living proof of that. If my opponents want to try to make a a villain out of me because I had a problem, that's their choice. But for for those of you out there who need to hear it, who just need to know that you can persevere, you can make something of yourself, and one day you can achieve great things, I'm able to do that every day as clerk, and the people of this community, my home, know that overcoming addiction does not taint you indefinitely it actually liberates you and i hope that those individuals who go through that process will find a community that embraces them and and celebrates their um their success
3: Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is a great turnaround story i know for you personally um and i think part of what he had talked about and some people say well you know he's obviously married to someone who's pretty prominent and that you know hey he Got something that uh, maybe you know didn't go through the right process, or maybe got an advantage in the process. What what would you say to that? I mean that that you followed the process and that's the way it works. Yeah, so I turned in
0: my paperwork like everybody else did, and so this notion that I somehow had some knowledge that I was going to get a pardon, I didn't even know I had the pardon. The, I think it was somebody from the News Gazette or somebody texted me and said, "Hey, how does it feel?" It's like, what are you talking about? And they said, Hey, look at this and then I saw my name on the list down towards the bottom of the list. I didn't even know about it. So this is just ridiculous stuff that you know, talking points that, you know, I guess chapin or whoever else wants to use. But again, it still flies in the face of what I did to turn my life around. We're talking about drug addiction, um and going through the criminal legal system, and now to where I am today to be a beacon of hope and light for other people who are, who are struggling themselves. I don't see why anybody would be trying to attack mm-hmm.
3: that. Yeah, you've been pretty open about that, I would say. Uh, well, speaking of open, uh, one contention I, maybe he made or others have made about wide-open vote-by-mail. Kind of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about yeah. that.
0: Well, you know, it's kind of hard for me to understand exactly what uh, wide-open means but clearly it implies that it's not secure so he took a swipe at voting by mail uh, citing previous years where it was more restrictive and difficult to do and uh, citing concerns about integrity with what he uh, what he called wide open mail mail voting well a lot of I have to explain this to folks all the time that the terminology of absentee voting and vote by mail they're the same Certainly, in the past, people had to say, you know, hey, I'm going out of town, or I'm, I'm going to be in the hospital. There's something like that that's going on that requires for me to vote by mail because I won't be able to vote in person. But the law has changed, and as lawmaker Senator Rose knows that the law has changed, and you you don't have to have an excuse to vote by mail now. So that's not something that Aaron Ammons did. That's something that the legislature did, and it's been that way for a long time now. So uh, this this. Wide open notion is just feeding into this narrative, like I said before when I was on the show, that led to January 6th. See, because people are complaining and saying that vote by mail is fraudulent, and it began when the former president said that vote by mail was fraudulent and it couldn't be trusted. Although hundreds of uh, th- millions of people had voted by mail already. Hundreds of millions of people had voted by mail, and our soldiers, our heroes, our patriots had been voting by mail since the Civil War. So it was a very irresponsible thing then for the former president to say, and it's, it's as responsible now for Chapin Rose or anyone else to continue down that path. So I want to make sure that your listeners understand that this kind of subtle doubt casts a dangerous, irresponsible narrative. Mail voting is legitimate and safe. Period. Any suggestion that allowing you to vote this way some, uh, somehow produces what Chapin may call irregularities is just plain wrong. Chapin and other Republicans should be careful with their words and respect the truth about mail-in voting.
3: All right, Aaron Ammons is with us, Champaign County clerk, uh, talking about his visits and some of uh, Chapin's, uh, Chapin Rose's state senator's response to it. One of the things that Chapin mentioned uh, was that he got some complaints from constituents who tried to vote uh, in the Muhammad election, and it had, had to do with software, is what he uh, had learned or was told. And here's here's what he had to say about software. So here's here's the clip. Here's
1: a complaint from a constituent, not from me, Chapin Rose politician, but just Joe Blow's citizen. I'm going to read it directly. Good morning. I'm writing today with my frustration of my Election Day experience. I vote in Champaign County, and today was, the first, was not the first election, whereas I'm able to vote at 6 a.m. before work due to technical difficulties with the computers at the polling election. The deployment location. I waited for 40 minutes before they were sent the correct software to print this morning's ballots. In this time, I watched mothers and working class people have to leave with no opportunity to vote because they had to get to work or their kids off to daycare. I myself, again, this isn't Chapin Rose. This is a constituent. I myself was late to work just so I could exercise my right to vote. Okay, I'm going to stop there late to work just so they could exercise their right to vote. Thomas Borough had the same problem. I mean, there were multiple locations throughout the county. And, and Aaron you know, says to you, it was interesting how he just sort of diminished the whole problem. You said you know, they didn't have enough ballots. So I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. We don't use ballots anymore. We, we print them on Election Day. Yeah, the point was that they couldn't print them, okay? Mm-hmm. That whatever went wrong in multiple locations that morning – they couldn't print the ballots, so in a sense, they ran out of ballots. Okay, now that might not have been a technically correct way to phrase it from your from your listeners, but that's what they were getting at: is people showed up to vote at six a.m. and they weren't able to vote when they went there to vote.
3: All right, there you go, Aaron. How about uh, any software issues that you ran into that day?
0: So, uh, first of all, I want to say to any any voter out there who had an experience that they didn't find to be a pleasant experience that I would love to hear from them. And certainly I offer my apologies to anyone who had an, uh, any inconvenience. Uh, but I want to say that this is not a complaint. This is a complaint that Chapin said he received from a constituent. Now, I don't know if he received this or not. I don't see why Chapin would be, you know, lying about something like that. I believe he received this. But what I'm getting at is that these are the same things when I come on your show I say all the time. People call in and say, hey, I got seven ballots. I say, okay, well, bring me the ballots and bring me the issue so that we can discuss it. They never show up. So now here's an unknown claim, which was never brought to my office. Never never called me or never called my office and said, Mr. Clerk or Mr. Ammons, here's a concern that I have. I'd like for you to, to respond to it. Chapin never called me and said, hey, Aaron, this is something that I got as, a, as an email. I'd like to ask you some questions about it to get some clarity about it. Instead, what he chooses to do is come on your show and read it as if what the uh, constituent said was verbatim, was exactly true, and they understood the entire process. So if there was some sort of concern there uh, about a, a wait, I wasn't aware of that. But let's be clear about something. If Chapin and his Republican friends were in charge, lines would be longer and voting would be harder. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. All the Republican, his friends in Georgia, Texas, and other states have forced millions of people to wait hours on end to vote on a single day. In Champaign, our election cycle is accessible, fair, and allows for every eligible citizen to exercise their right at their convenience. Now, I know that that's not convenient if a situation occurred like that where a person had to wait, but the accessible component I think is also very important because that individual has now 61 other locations that they could have gone to throughout Champaign County to cast their, their vote. And again, I recognize that that's not what they intended to do, and I, I'm deeply uh, sorry about that if somebody had that particular concern. But I'm just trying to point out the level of accessibility that we mm. uh, we provide here in Champaign County. Any place they could go to any polling location throughout their route that day and still be able to cast their vote because we have mm. uh, an election cycle and we have vote centers where folks can vote anywhere. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that people are clear about that. Um, And in our system, people are not forced into one day. See, we have choice, and this is important. If people in the previous system, they would have gone to their um, polling location, their precinct-based polling location on, quote-unquote, election day, and if there was any issue, then they'd just be stuck. They'd have to just sit there and wait or hopefully be able to come back. Under my leadership, they don't have to do that. They have choice. They can go to other locations and still exercise their Mm -hmm. right to vote on the last day to vote. So accessibility has increased our turnout, and we are proud that we are leaders in the state. This is why uh, his claim that we are to have singular election days instead of cycles is just plainly wrong, and we're going to continue building on this progress. And, Brian, I just wanted to say one other thing about this vote-by-mail. The Republican leadership took me to court, sued me, and tried to get Judge Kennedy to stop me from legally processing and counting legitimate vote-by-mail ballots. The same thing that we saw the former president do in all over the country trying to stop vote-by-mail processing, the local Republican leadership did the exact same thing to me here, and Judge Kennedy threw, out, threw it out as a frivolous um, aspect of the lawsuit.
3: So on the uh, the 40-minute wait, something that I'm just talking about process here, uh, if it did, and people say, hey, it did happen, they, you just weren't notified about it. Or, or weren't right, told so about.
0: I went out. I want to make sure we're clear about this too, because yeah. any time that I have uh, received a concern or an issue, and I think I said on your show that I went personally. I went to Thomasboro to resolve that issue. I rolled my sleeves up, dove in, got that process, um, got Thomasboro up into up and running the way that it should be without any any uh, any concerns or wait times. I left from there. and Went to. I think it was Sydney. I went to several different places just to check on things. But the two places that were, that were concerns that I had heard about were um, uh, the St. Matt's, where I went personally to go over there to help that out and resolve those issues, and Thomasboro. But uh, those are the only two issues that I was aware of.
3: Okay, Uh, next time, we got about seven minutes here, so we'll have to zip through these next couple here as quick as we can, but uh, Chapin mentions uh, his area covers 10 counties, and that uh, the only place that he gets complaints about, the clerk, is in Champaign County. So uh, I know there's State Board of Elections. Are you under some kind of watch, or just kind of walk me through that real quick. What's going on there? I
0: I don't know exactly what uh, Senator Rose is talking about, about being under some sort of watch. Uh, So... Again, I have, <laughs> look, here's here's a way that we can paint this picture. When I was sworn in as recorder of deeds in January of 2021, not 20 minutes later, I received a call from WCIA saying, uh, Mr. Amos, can you explain to us why there's a problem in the recorder's office? Somebody couldn't fill, file a deed. As, well, I've been recorded for 20 minutes, um, ma'am, so if you would allow me a chance to go and see what's going on, I will address that. So I went and found out what was going on and it was a simple change from the vendor moving my name in and it caused a delay. So something that was completely out of my control. But the point is I have been under this type of scrutiny since I was sworn in December third of twenty eighteen. It doesn't matter. I I, I There's so many reports of people letting me know how many people have called the State Board of Elections to talk about anything they can possibly think about to to try to criticize my work here. So this criticism is par for the course. I know that that's uh, going to happen. But I want to say about these 10 counties, i'm in contact with several of those counties on a regular basis and they call me and say hey aaron what are you doing in this particular situation and you saw in dupage county who basically led us this year in the primaries for his turnout they've adopted the model that i implemented here which was the um, vote anywhere to be able to go vote at any particular location and dupage county became the uh, had the highest turnout and then we were second amongst the larger counties so you know Again, you know, I know Chapin's is trying to find some way to uh, uh, to instill fear and, and, and get folks like himself to stir up fear and traffic and distortion instead of showcasing what is objectively success and progress here at home.
3: All right, final question at uh, 9.56, had to do with a memory stick. Uh, I actually voted Lake of the Woods, and uh, Chapin got a complaint, I guess, from a constituent or whatever. Or, uh, and had learned, I guess, that a memory stick had been left uh, at the Lake of the Woods precinct because uh, the numbers on the referendum in a couple of precincts were a lot higher than the other ones, and then when the memory stick, uh, according to what he had learned or said, was that when the memory stick was recovered the next morning, then the numbers kind of equaled back up as to where they should be as far as the total vote. So talk to me about the memory stick. What what so, went on? So
0: Brian, this is what you call human error, and it happens. Now, election judges, the three election judges that served in the Lake of the Woods were new judges, and they had a long day. They had to be up by 4 o'clock at the location at 5, get everything set up to start uh, at processing voters at 6 a.m. And they were there because you all know the referendum question was on there. There was a, lot, a long line. They didn't get finished processing voters till probably after almost 8 o'clock. They said the line was that long with people being in line before 7. So they had a very long night. Then they had to do the closing procedures, and we waited. Muhammad was the last precinct to come in that night, and I think they came in at 10, 10 o'clock or a little after 10 or something like that. It was a late. They came in late. And we discovered that they did not have the stick. So we, the coordinator went back out to Lake of the Woods to try to go and and get in, but the park is closed at that time, so they couldn't get in. And the only thing that we could do was wait till the next morning when I went out there bright early when they opened and brought the stick back, and then we were able to to finish the loading. This is not something that is a major uh, concern or irregularity, not in the sense of... uh, uh, routine, how, it, how, how often it happens, there's an actual process through the State Board of Elections where we have to do what's called a 12 a.m. report, because there are lots of counties that don't finish processing their stuff until after 12 a.m., because of whatever different reasons things come up. So this is human error, and again, this is what I call an assault against our election judges who are doing the best that they can under extreme circumstances, and it's why I'm advocating for election judges having more of a half day and not having to stay there the entire day, because this very important part of this process that they have to do has to be done on the tail end of a 16- or 17-hour day, and sometimes they make mistakes. So, you know, I I just want to make sure we continue to focus on and make sure people understand that when you think you're trying to uh, aim something at me or try to make it seem as though I'm uh, doing something wrong or uh, I'm incompetent or can't be trusted, you're also indicting hundreds of other people, some old, older person uh, who's a grandma or something who's trying to do the best that she can, is now being thrown uh, thrown under the bus and attacked as if they were trying to do something nefarious. And I just think it's wrong. He knows better than
3: that. Hey, Aaron, I really appreciate it. One thing, by the way, on a good note, he did agree with you that we need more election judges. <laughs> and so uh and so anybody that wants to do that just reach out to your office, right?
0: Absolutely. Give yeah. us a call 217-384-3720 or stop by, right?
3: Hey, Aaron, thank you. You did it in the no right problem. amount of time too. I appreciate it. So, thank you. <laughs>
0: All right. No problem. Talk See
3: you later. You. Thank you, Aaron Ammons, Champaign County Clerk. So, there you go. That was kind of the back and forth and um make of that uh, what you will. I know that uh there's a lot of, sometimes, disagreements, and in particularly the clerk's office, uh, just in general. It doesn't matter if it's Aaron or anybody else. There's It's kind of a lightning rod job. So, anyway, if you miss any of that, WDWS.com. All right, uh, the news is next. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.
1: It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357, or send an email to talk at WDWS.com.
3: Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. And good morning again, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts here on hour number two. And that first hour went pretty fast, didn't it? Had the uh, cuts uh, from Deb Finan, the mayor, on the threats against her that are in the News Gazette today, that story. And then we uh, reminisced a little bit about Vince Scully, who passed away last night, great broadcaster for decades, both with the Dodgers and uh, on TV and on radio, and um, certainly will miss him. And then uh, Aaron Ammons was on with us for a little bit, talking about some of the things that uh, Chapin Rose had talked with us back a few weeks ago. If you miss any of the first hour, which was pretty action-packed, you can uh, go to WDWS.com. Real quick, before I get to our guest here in studio, Busey Bank, saving is a step to building a stronger future. Whether you're establishing a college fund, saving for retirement, or building an emergency fund, Busey encourages you to begin your path to savings today. Start by creating a budget. Money manager through Busey eBank categorizes your spending. Determine your income. Set realistic financial goals. And then save, save, save. Busey eBank, Busey mobile app. A big change can be made to your checking account. You can round up. My daughter does this. You can round up your transaction, round it up to the next nearest dollar for saving purposes. Get started on your saving goals today with the innovative products and services at Busey. Visit Busey.com for more information. All right, got a benefit coming up, a um, fundraiser, if you will, for Ukraine. Unity for Ukraine over at Meadowbrook Church in uh, Champaign. They're just off of Duncan Road coming up on Friday, August the 5th, and today's Wednesday, so that's in a couple of days. Uh, Tim Pico is with us, heading up a committee that is helping lead and uh, find help and support for Ukraine. Unity for Ukraine, hence the uh, name, and uh, Tim is with us. How are you doing, Tim? Hey, good. Go Thanks, ahead. Brian, for having us. Yeah. how did this all come that. together?
4: Well, it started way back when the war kind of began in February. Uh, some of us were asking uh, ourselves, you know, what, what can we do from way over here to help the people in Ukraine in this horrible situation? And so it just kind of moved along, and uh, we came up with a committee of people who were really uh, vetted in what was going on in Ukraine. And then at that time I was able to meet Natalie, and uh, of course she has a great story. And then Roger Denhart from from St. Joe, a farmer in Ukraine, he has a great story. So we kind of all came together, and we were kind of asking each other, well, what does God want out of all this? And uh, I'm kind of in contact with a college worship team uh, called the Remnant. There's a U- University of Illinois students are on this team, and uh so it'll be a great night of worship and. Uh, just information, you know. A lot of people have kind of forgotten Ukraine. Maybe it's it's bit put on the back burner. We'd like to bring it to the front burner, and just uh, show people what's really going on there right now.
3: Yeah, because what tends to happen, and this is our short attention span, I think, mm-hmm. is all over the news, twenty four seven, when the Russians invaded Ukraine. The mm-hmm. build up for months, and then you get into it, and then people go about in America. You know, we go about our lives, and we. Mm-hmm. Complain about gas prices and we complain about the president and do this. Yep. We forget yeah, exactly. that every day people are dying and mm. suffering oh. in Ukraine.
4: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
3: you mentioned Natalie or yes. Natalia. Right. Now you're going to say your last name for me.
6: Uh, so my name is Natalie Hunt. Uh. You know, I'm married to American, but actual name is Natalia Polochak. And um, that is my Ukrainian name. And I was born there, raised there. And has been blessed to come to this country and and became a citizen, and I'm just grateful to live here. But I also um, just pray for Ukraine that we don't go back to where I came from, and that was 40 years ago. We
3: were talking a little bit off air, and I uh, I think our listeners know how much I'd love to read about history and learn Mm -hmm. it, but your family has lived Ukrainian history.
6: Yes, I mean. yes. My grandmother was born in 1907. She survived World War I, World War II. Uh, my mom was born in 1941, and I'm a first generation of that, so a history just flows through my bones. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how blessed I was to get out of the Soviet Union, the control of a communism, and, and come to this country and receive that freedom. And now I'm sadly sitting here at almost sixty myself, and seeing what's happening back, it's going back to what it was before, and I am just sad that people in Ukraine have to suffer this oppression. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, of course, Ukraine uh, was part of the Soviet Union, as you said. In fact, it was referred to as the Ukraine, uh, mm-hmm. part of that, uh, known from- as known as the breadbasket of. Of yes, of the whole Europe. We
6: are we are the third world producers of wheat. We have a lot of natural resources. Our country is wonderful, people are strong, um, and they love to be free. And unfortunately, because of that freedom that we have, uh, other country like Russian government wants to attack and take over and oppress us again back to Soviet Union and that was before nineteen nineties.
3: Um, Your family defected from there, right?
6: So I defected to this country in 1980, Mm -hmm. uh, and um, my brother was 12 years old at that time. We both uh, stayed and fought for freedom to stay in this country because my parents did go back to Ukraine and uh, took my younger brother there. And then I had a sister who was born in Ukraine at that time. So unfortunately, my sister is still in Ukraine. She is about 50 miles from Kiev and her 13-year-old son, and she's standing strong. She is faithful that Ukraine will have a victory in this, and we support her in that. But we also are concerned and worried what's going on.
3: Natalie Hunt is with us, or Natalia, and we've got Tim Pico with us now. uh, Roger Denhardt, am correct, is on the uh, phone here. Oh, good. You said he farms. Yes,
4: farms over there. He has quite a story.
3: All right, Roger's (laughs) with us. How you doing, Roger? Hey, I'm
7: doing not bad. Good. Summer cold. Yeah, stay out of your studio.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. But uh, tell us about your involvement with this. and, uh, And Tim was telling me you farm over there, right?
7: Yeah, I went over to the Soviet Union. In 1991, on a Christian mission project, one of the first, I think it was the first ever allowed by Gorbachev, and uh, was in a group of about uh, 50 people. And uh, I was an ag agricultural specialist, so called, you know, because I was a farmer. And uh, yeah, and I, uh, it was a Christian mission project, so we were passing out Bibles, telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. And, uh, anyway, uh, after that happened, the breakup, I got home and I thought, well, my trip is over. I'm, I'll never go back. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, in August 18th of 1991, the Soviet Union, uh, uh, broke apart. There was the coup when Gorbachev was arrested, hardline communism, they said, was coming back. And, uh, and God spoke to me and said, I need to go back and start a farm. And I, uh argued a little bit and said it'd be a million problem. God said he'd be with me. And uh, so it's 30 years later and I'm in my 31st year farming there, been there 80 times. And uh, it's um, Brian, it's only by the grace of God. I'm a little St. Joe farm boy. Uh, okay, I graduated from the University of Illinois, but I didn't have any money, didn't have any power, didn't have any influence. And I sure didn't know what I was doing. Uh, working in a former Soviet Union country, but uh, hmm. but I'm I'm blessed beyond measure.
3: So, uh, do you have a lot of acres over there? Is this a big farm? We're or? farming.
7: Uh, yeah, we started off uh, uh, farming, uh, and we just we just grew. We, we it's a long story, but uh, we we end up with a thirty thousand acre farm called Freedom Farm, which uh, I sold that in uh, two thousand four. Uh, May of 2004, a week later, I started a new farm and, uh, that farm continues, uh, up around 5,000 acres. And, uh, yeah, and I, and, and, and Brian understand, I'm, I want to be careful because I know people, uh, sadly, but it's true, uh, Russians could be listening and, uh, I don't want to put any of my people in jeopardy, um, uh, and, uh. uh it's already happened a little bit once so so I'm, let's talk a little bit uh vaguely if you if you don't oh, know no, i i
3: totally understand uh now there was just a uh i guess a big shipment of grain that just got out finally right that uh from what i understand yeah yeah,
7: yeah i think it was loaded back in february there in odessa and i believe there's 16 more ships uh ready to follow it uh it's a step in the right direction i mean uh uh ukraine has a history of producing uh fairly low cost and a little bit on the low quality uh wheat and barley especially and, and some corn as well um and what do i mean by that they were always on the soviet and they were poor farmers the corn uh, when i first saw the first corn in storage when i went over there it was you know a lot of corn cobs in the corn and it was broken kernels and i'm um, Anyway, it's a long story, but they were just poor farmers. Let's just state it that way. Yeah. Uh, the Soviet Union uh, could not farm efficiently and of course I went over I, I took all the knowledge that uh, my American friends have taught me and my father and grandfather uh, on how to farm correctly and the University of Illinois uh, taught me how to farm properly and correctly and uh, but, but, but these because because Ukraine is, is there next to the Mediterranean Sea, uh, African countries who don't have a lot of money could go in there and they could negotiate and buy barley and wheat and some corn out of Ukraine at lower prices than they could uh, because of shipping. Number one, number two, because of quality issues. They could buy it cheaper out of their uh, out of Ukraine than they than they could out of New Orleans.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Roger, so, De- Roger is with it. us. Go ahead, Roger. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
7: Yeah, no, that's okay. I just want to say then that, uh, that this this is affecting uh, now the UNSA is over seven hundred million people. Seven hundred million people are are at risk of starvation. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking um, I'm not talking hunger. I'm talking starvation, mm-hmm. and uh, starvation takes forty days, mm-hmm. and that was proven that was proven to be actual fact in Ukraine in in 1932 and 33 mm-hmm. the whole domer the the great uh, the great uh, famine killed over seven million ukrainians mm-hmm. and so uh, 40 days when you take food away uh, you could you could be a nice healthy chubby guy and then 40 days later you're dead meat you're mm-hmm. dead and uh, that was proven then and and uh, that's what's at risk now so it's it's shocking to me that the united nations is standing by doing uh, very little, very little to stop this uh, this absolute killer, Putin. Uh, he needs to be stopped, and stopped immediately uh, for the world.
3: This is all part of Mission Eurasia. It's at Meadowbrook Community Church, 1902 South Duncan, Friday, August 5th, 7 to 9 p.m. And help us encourage and bless the people of Ukraine. Fill our auditorium, fund eye care packages for people in Ukraine through our donation to Mission Eurasia. And that's what we're talking about today with Roger and uh, Natalia and Tim here. And uh, just want to kind of give you an opportunity to attend this or go to this or Mm -hmm. help in any way you can. Um, Natalia, when he talks about Ukraine and the farming and uh, what's happening now, uh, it's got to break your heart mm. to see. I mean, you're getting a lot of f- sister. Uh, you said your sister's over there. Are you getting a lot of stories from there? What's yes. going on?
6: Well, uh, the story from there is Ukrainian people are resilient. They're strong. They will defend the freedom. And our job here in the United States and all over the world, and I'm grateful for all the countries, 150 countries that are supporting this, is to pray to support Ukrainian people to provide the need to defend the freedom. Because mm. when we serve... When we serve people, we serve God, and we know that. And therefore, we need to help Ukrainian people to withstand this craziness, this Mm -hmm. attack. And we know that we will win, but winning causes life. And so I just pray that you guys generously provide the help for Ukrainian people, but mostly prayer. Prayer Mm -hmm. is very important for our nation, for everyone, because that's how we win. Mm -hmm.
3: And i got a listener here texted in, said also Mm -hmm. her brother is Walter. Very large story in 1980 going forward with his struggle to not return to Ukraine, which caused great conflict for their family. So, yes, yeah. yes, so that that's was your my brother bro- Walter. Yeah. My
6: brother Walter and I were uh, through a lot and we're grateful that we live in this country, but also our heart breaks for our country and for the loss of freedom. Mm-hmm.
3: I know that's one thing, and I knew you can speak to this, and I know Roger's been over there. Um, as Americans, we almost take our freedom for granted. Right. It's just there, it's, you know, it's ours and it's yeah. the way it is. Yes. Um, I don't know if most Americans have a concept of not having freedom. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can certainly connect with that, right? Yes, I mean.
6: unfortunately it is uh, not a fault. America is a wonderful country, accepts everybody, treats everybody equally, and therefore we forget our past. And that's why I believe that it's very important to teach the history, mm-hmm. to remind people that freedom is costly. And we need to fight for it because if we don't defend freedom, we will lose it. Mm -hmm.
3: Tim, give me some, uh, paint me a picture of what it's going to look like Friday night. How can people come? Can they? Right. Do they have to be in attendance to give? Give me some. Good questions. No, they don't have to be in attendance to give, but we'd love them to come at seven
4: o'clock. Uh, we have a special opening so they don't want to be late. The opening will be very dynamic and they want to be there for that. Um, and really the main thing is, people are are suffering and they're hungry and they need food Mm -hmm. and uh, so if you cannot come you can go to missioneurasia.org that's missioneurasia E-U-R-A-S-I-A dot org and they have a website you can go right to the donate button hit the donate button then go to projects and then you'll you'll scroll down and you'll see our uh, uh, our events called Unity for Ukraine click there then then our uh, event will get credit for that and if you make a $50 donation or you get together with other people to make a $50 donation or just give what you can uh every $50 goes to to purchase an eye care package which is full of food to help uh, the refugees and uh, that'll feed a family of four for an entire week
3: hmm. and if people have questions uh, they could call the church I would assume at a yes. church they can yes. probably get a lot of that information if they if they miss out on that. Sure. Uh, Roger, just give me a couple of final thoughts on your end and how important this work is. And, um, you know, with, with all that's happening, uh, in Ukraine, both, I mean, you talk about starvation there and how that can affect the international food market and, uh, just just whole dynamic of, uh, you know, political situation over there.
7: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it really does include the whole world. And, uh, the bottom line is Putin needs to be stopped. He needs to be stopped immediately. And uh, uh, we hope and pray that the war ends uh, today. Yeah. But um, mm. we uh, we continue to press on. And uh, we, no question, uh, Brian, one thing I want to convey to the people, and we'll talk more about it on Friday, is the fact that every day that the war goes on, uh, Ukraine's getting stronger and Russia's getting weaker. And so that's the good news. The bad news is... Uh, Every day that goes by, Russians and Ukrainians are dying on the battlefront, mm-hmm. and that's bad. I, of course, I you know I care about the Russian people too because Russian people are they're victims, and uh, I could I could talk a lot about that. They're not most of them aren't even ethnic Russians. They're from these small other uh, bordering countries. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the they're the Russians, but they're Asian Russian and and are ethnic groups that uh, Putin wants to eliminate, mm-hmm. so he puts them on the puts them on the front line. As cannon fodder. And so uh, we need to pray
3: that this war ends quickly. Yes. And a question here says, What do we do? What do we bring to the church and when to help? And again, it's uh, seven to nine on this Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, Can they just come, right? You don't have to bring anything per se. No, they don't have to bring
4: a thing. Uh, They can donate there by check, they can donate there uh, uh, by going to the website. There'll be another way they can donate uh, right there, sitting in their seats Mm -hmm. uh, through their phone. So,
3: yes. Roger, thank you for being on the line with us, and uh, good luck with this, thank and good you. luck to you. We appreciate you being on, even if you are from St. Joe. I mean, <laughs> being a Unity guy, you know, that's kind of it's kind of hard for me to say, but but that's,
7: that's, we're Prince tough football players. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's
3: right. Very good. Thank you, and it's all very nice to meet you. Yeah. What a well, wonderful thank you story. for having me. Yeah. I really
6: appreciate it, and I'm grateful to Tim and the community for the support. I'm grateful for prayers, and and I know that we will come through it. Yes.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. And Central Illinois, I know, is a lot like Ukraine, just yes, with the farming, right? So. The, the corn weather's and, the yeah. same, <laughs> yeah.
6: um, and it's multicultural. A lot of Ukrainians live here in this mm-hmm. community, and mm-hmm. I hang with a lot of Ukrainians and Russians. So, yes, this is like home, uh-huh. except in a different yes. planet. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
3: Hey, thank you. And, okay. Tim, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank very you. good. Thanks, Brian. appreciate it. All right. We'll take a break. Back with more here in just a moment. All right, I hope you enjoyed that and uh, loved meeting uh, them. And uh, Natalia's story is just, we could spend an hour talking with her about her life. I mean, that's um, pretty remarkable, defecting from the Soviet Union and living in this country and trying to help uh, Ukraine you know all that's happening over there. All right, 1034, and I'm running way behind, but let me uh, see if I can get a call in here. Matt is up. Hi, Matt. How are you?
8: Hi. I have a couple comments on the Aaron Ammons discussion. Uh, interview that you had earlier, sure. earlier this morning sure I found it interesting that Aaron didn't seem to understand what Chapin was talking about when he said that that county's clerk was under closer watch for elections according to news articles from March of 2020 which was the previous uh primary his office was under additional scrutiny by the Illinois Board of Elections for tabulation of email ba- of mail-in ballots earlier than what is allowed by the Illinois Election Code the article I read quoted an email that was sent to Aaron Ammons by the Illinois State Board of Elections, which said, and I'm quoting, I understand the tabulation issue from last Tuesday's general primary election is one in a series of voting irregularities in Champaign County that has occurred in relation to this election, including failures to comply with uh, with election code provisions and past practices governing mail voting, the public testing of voting equipment, and the order of certain candidates on ballots. This was re- email was sent by the Illinois Board of Elections General Counsel, Marnie Malowitz. And Malowitz went on to say, added the early counting of votes, increased scrutiny of your office and told Ammons he needs to improve his knowledge of Illinois election law in order to prevent additional issues in this and in future election cycles, and this morning, Aaron didn't seem to act like he knew of this problem or did not emit admit that the Illinois Board of Elections had said, "You need. We need increased scrutiny of your office."
3: Yeah, and, I've uh, I've I've seen the story. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, and there was some. Was there something with a stamp date on something that there was was part of that? Um. Uh, there, was, I'm not some, sure about there that. was some confusion on a stamp. Maybe I'm mixing that up with something else, but I don't, I don't remember. But um, yeah, I know that um, I, I've seen the same report you have. It was in, it was in the News Gazette, I think, right? Yeah.
8: Well, yeah. this is an article. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the News Gazette's the one that came the email.
3: Yeah. What? When? When was that? Was that 20? 20...
8: March of 2020.
3: 2020. Okay, I'll go back in the archives but, and see if I can find it, but.
8: But he kind of acted like he had never heard of this problem or that he was under, ever under any additional scrutiny. I think a like simple comment, you know, of, yeah, you know, during the 2020 primary, you know, there was an issue and I have resolved that issue, or, or some acknowledgement that, you know, he acted like Chapin didn't have any idea, you know, he didn't know what Chapin could have possibly been talking about. And, and I'm sure that this is what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure, I imagine. This would be what he was talking
3: about. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you waiting. Thank you. Okay. 10 37. Sure. Uh, let me get another break in here. I'm running behind. I've talked too much. Back in a moment. Like
1: 10 40.
3: By the way, the uh, I need to catch up on some things. The news. Today has been brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit FirstMid.com to find out more. Also, news today brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, your ag headquarters, helping you get the job done right with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feed, and more, Wisconsin based and family owned since 1955. All right, so those are some of the sponsors here today on the show. All right, a lot of reaction to Aaron Ammons. Uh, Interesting, Ammons criticizes red states but never answers any of the questions and criticisms of his office and mismanagement. Typical, we've seen it since he was elected, a listener says. Uh, Another says, Ammons is a fast talker, has an excuse for everything that goes wrong in his office and on election day. Uh, Mail-in voting wasn't manipulated during the Civil War like it is now, a listener says. Watch 2,000 Mules documentary on mail-in voting fraud. Who gets pardoned by the governor and doesn't know about it when your wife is continually in contact with the governor about that? Come on, man, this listener says. Uh, Let's see. Good morning, Brian. I don't think Mr. Ammons really explained how he was able to bypass the time requirement for filing a pardon as well as other procedures related to the pardon process. Have a good day, Steve says. Uh, Move back to St. Joseph. Another listener says, sent my voter registration card in to make sure it was changed in time to vote. No word yet. Do I need to call your office? I would definitely call his office, for sure. Another text says, typical double talk, no acceptance of responsibility. Uh, Just to clarify, an emailer says, or another text, I'm sorry, just to clarify, did I understand Mr. Ammon say a person could vote at any of 16 locations in Champaign County so they don't have to vote in their precinct? I've been an election judge in Douglas County, and you have to vote in your precinct. Why would it be different in Champaign County? I think what uh, Aaron is referring to is the early voting, like, for instance, if, you're, if you live in Champaign County in Tolona, but you work at the University of Illinois during the early voting period, you don't have to go to Tolona to vote. You can vote on campus. It's just on the day of the election, the primary day, that you go to your precinct is what I understand it to be. All right, I uh, want to let you know, uh, Mary says in her band, I want to let you know how impressed I was when you interviewed County Clerk Mr. Ammons today. I give him high praise for standing strong and open regarding his past, and now he's turned his life around for good. And to let people know that have drug issues now or in the past or a felony conviction, there is hope. I want to put an invite out to every single person that has the extra time to sign up to be an election judge and to see exactly how the election process in Champaign County is done. Also, in every election, there are issues. No system is perfect or error-proof. People go volunteer one or two days in the election department of the county clerk and check it out. You might have a different opinion. The vote-by-mail process is secure, and I'm glad it's an option for voters. Thank you to Mr. Ammons and his staff, Mary in Urbana. All right, so there's a lot of uh, reaction, uh, some uh, against and some for. Aaron Ammons there, 1044-1044 hi gary good morning hey good morning brian how are you today? i'm doing well thank you
9: i just wanted to respond to mr ammons also uh, because i listened to his interview and you know i was one of those voters in muhammad who had a bad experience but not just this recent primary ever since he went in the office i've seen problems and changes and But, but most recently, you know, we had a problem where the software wasn't downloaded. We went out there to vote and, um, you know, it took them over an hour to get the software to make the system work where they could print out ballots. But beyond that, my voting location used to have 15 booths where you could go in, mark your ballots, you know, take them over, let them read the ballots and get on with your day. He's reduced that down, at least in my voting location, he's reduced that down to five, you know, voting booths. And it's just very, very obvious to me he's pushing a political agenda and he's trying to funnel everyone into this vote-by-mail thing that he constantly touts on your radio show. And, you know, one last thing. He and his wife's record is very very well documented and my last comment is people of integrity okay and character don't surround themselves in controversy these people are constantly surrounded by controversy well that's a clue the only way to restore integrity back to that office is to vote aaron ammons out and that's just my opinion.
3: Yeah, well, he does have an opponent this time. Uh, Terrence Stuber, I think, is running on the Republican side. So that'll be interesting. And uh, real quick, where do you vote in, Muhammad? I'm just curious. You voted...
9: Out there at the old Nazarene Church on Turkey Farm
3: Road. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I was just curious, because I voted at Lake of the Woods, so I just was wondering where you were. So, very good. Well, it's thank you.
9: It's been a hot mess since he took over.
3: All right, we'll see if... Uh, People vote him out or keep him in. We'll find out. Thanks, Gary. Yep. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Yep, good to hear from you. 1046, another break. Back with more Penny for Your Thoughts here up until 11. I need you loving,
2: loving, I need it now. When I'm without you, I'm weak. you got me begging, begging, I'm on my knees. I
3: to be needing 1050 be deep in on a Penny for Your Thoughts. Some more uh, text and the uh, text line. Castle Heating and Cooling presents that. Uh, let's see here. Why waste time with a he said, he said, and when you could possibly have them both on at the same time? There would not be Mr. Excuses from the clerk's office, says one listener. We're talking about Chapin and uh, Aaron. Uh, okay, something about broadcasters here. Oh, I like Mike Shannon. I will miss him. Yeah, Mike's retired now. Uh, Keith Jackson is the very best, in this person's opinion, talking about the passing of Vin Scully. And like I said, I think among broadcasters, us in the broadcast world, especially in sports broadcasting, there's so many great ones out there. There's some good young ones coming up. Jason Benetti and I know Tim Brando has been on our air before. He's not young anymore, but he's been on forever. But uh, I think even they would tell you that Vin Scully, I mean, he's in our business, he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. A lot of great ones. That's not to diminish Musburger or Jackson or any of those guys. But he was just unbelievable. Uh, There are four people wearing Hope Changes Everything on Prospect. They are standing in the lanes of traffic. Okay. Uh, Aaron uh, did not fully address the issue of special treatment By the Quinn folks, Pat Quinn, moves folks to move him up in line for a pardon. This was needed so he could immediately replace his wife on the Urbana Council as she was just starting her service in Springfield. As he avoided, one can't have a standing conviction in serving municipal government. As he, as he, okay, I see. All right, I think I read it right. And let's see, regarding Aaron Ammons on your show, Uh, this morning said he was aware of only a few precincts who had issues. He evidently isn't in touch with his people who works at the clerk office on Election Day because many precincts had problems where they called the clerk's office for help. In the precinct I worked at, our coordinator was on the telephone for several hours with the clerk's office. We had printer problems. When those were working, we could not use the tabulator because it took several hours and rolls of tabulator tape to print the zero count for the entire county. We were given one extra roll of tabulator tape. Luckily, our coordinator had another roll in her car we could use. In the meantime, people had to put their ballots in the emergency bin. It was 9.30 before our issues were resolved, and we could put all the ballots through the tabulator. My point is we had to have been aware of all of the many precincts in Champaign County had problems that day because his office was contacted for help. I don't think we should have to personally meet with him when he should know what's going on. And a couple of people are telling me not even on election day you can still go anywhere to vote. Is what somebody says. You're not correct. This election, even on election day, we could vote in any polling location. This was not approved by the county board, by the way. Okay. Well, if I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong. But um, I just know I got my precinct card, my voting card in the mail. It told me where to go. But maybe. maybe I'm wrong. All right, 1053 on uh, DWS and we're back in a moment
2: everybody calls me sir on a penny for your thoughts no how long I
3: stay, 1057 two one seven three five six nine three nine seven text line at two one seven three five one five three five seven and you can email us talk at WDWS.com. I'll double check the uh, I'll go back to the newsroom and find out I I I had thought that you could vote anywhere in the precincts that were open. Early voting, anywhere, which I know to be true, but I'm not sure. I've asked around. People are like, I don't know if that's true that you can just vote wherever you want on election day. I thought you had a precinct, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. But I'll um, I'll double check it, and um, I just know where I go where I'm told to vote. So that's where it is. 1058, uh, DWS, Roofs by Roger is a great uh, sponsor here on a penny for your thoughts. And, uh, Roger Ochiltree has been at this a long time and he's a part of our community. They can help you with financing if you're concerned. You know, gas prices are still pretty high. I mean, they're just below $4, but it's still pretty expensive to fill up. And, um, I can tell you that, um, You know, all all of that expense uh, adds up, and if you need to finance your roof, you can do that. If you are worried about the uh, total number of, um, hang on, just a second. What do we got? All right, and uh, I got. I think we got Aaron back on the line here. We'll quick get an answer to that question. But anyway, if you do have some roofing issues, make sure that uh, you contact the folks at uh, Roofs by Roger. And go to roofsbyroger.com. dot com. That's R O D G E R. I'm just kind of getting everything situated here. Aaron is back. Hey, Aaron, how are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can you answer so, that question uh, yeah. for
3: me? Yeah. On, on yeah. election day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Every. Every. You can vote anywhere. In this last election, voters were able to go any place at any voting location. Uh, that was the whole conversation we had about printing on demand and making sure that it was accessible to everyone. That was the point I was trying to make earlier uh, about the person who uh, was saying they had a long wait. The accessibility that we've provided now uh, is okay. you can vote anywhere.
3: Even anywhere. even on the primary day, on the last even, day?
0: Even on election day. Okay. Even on the last day, yes. Thank yeah. you very much No, we needed to discuss that as well.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you <laughs> yeah. for uh, helping me with that. Yeah, I, I just wondered. Uh, no so, problem. Hey, thank you, sir.
0: No problem. Take care.
3: There you go. We'll see. There you know. So you're right. Uh, 11 o'clock. WDWS Champagne Urbana. How's that for getting an answer?